0: You're listening to He That Is Righteous Is Favorite of God, part of the 1830 Podcast Network. It is the 1990 Independence edition of the Book of Mormon, followed by commentary. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the podcaster, and don't necessarily reflect the beliefs of the Church of Christ. Chapter 12 and now behold my brethren i have spoken unto you according as the spirit hath constrained me wherefore i know that they must surely come to pass and the things which shall be written out of the book shall be of great worth unto the children of men and especially unto our seed which is a remnant of the house of israel for it shall come to pass in that day that the churches which are built up, and not unto the Lord, when the one shall say unto the other, Behold, I, I am the Lord's, and the other shall say, I, I am the Lord's. And thus shall every one say that hath built up churches, and not unto the Lord. And they shall contend one with another, and their priests shall contend one with another, and they shall teach with their learning, and deny the Holy Ghost which giveth utterance. And they deny the power of God, the Holy One of Israel, and they say unto the people, Hearken unto us, and hear ye our precept. For behold, there is no God today. For the Lord and the Redeemer hath done his work, and he hath given his power unto men. Behold, hearken ye unto my precept. If they shall say there is a miracle wrought by the hand of the Lord, believe it not. For this day he is not a God of miracles. He hath done his work. Yea, and there shall be many which shall say, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, and it shall be well with us. And there shall also be many which shall say, Eat, drink, and be merry. Nevertheless, fear God, he will justify in committing a little sin. Yea, lie a little. Take the advantage of one because of his words. Dig a pit for thy neighbor. There is no harm in this. And do all these things, for tomorrow we die. And if it so be that we are guilty... God will beat us with a few stripes, and at last we shall be saved in the kingdom of God. Yea, and there shall be many which shall teach after this manner, false and vain and foolish doctrines, and shall be puffed up in their hearts, and shall seek deep to hide their counsels from the Lord, and their works shall be in the dark, and the blood of the saints shall cry from the ground against them. Yea, they have all gone out of the way, they have become corrupted. Because of pride, and because of false teachers, and false doctrine, their churches have become corrupted, and their churches are lifted up, because of pride they are puffed up, they rob the poor because of their fine sanctuaries, they rob the poor because of their fine clothing, and they persecute the meek and the poor in heart because of their pride, they are puffed up. They wear stiff necks and high heads, yea, and because of pride and wickedness and abominations and whoredoms, they have all gone astray, save it be a few which are the humble followers of Christ. Nevertheless, they are led that in many instances they do err, because they are taught by the precepts of men. O the wise and the learned and the rich that are puffed up in the pride of their hearts, and all they that preach false doctrines, and all they that commit whoredoms and pervert the right way of the Lord, woe, woe, woe be unto them, saith the Lord God Almighty, for they shall be thrust down to hell. Woe unto them that turn aside the just for a thing of naught, and revile against that which is good, and say that it is of no worth. For the day shall come that the Lord God will speedily visit the inhabitants of the earth, and in that day that they are fully ripe in iniquity, they shall perish. But behold, if the inhabitants of the earth shall repent of their wickedness and abominations, they shall not be destroyed, saith the Lord of hosts. But behold, that great and abominable church, the whore of all the earth, must tumble to the earth, and great must be the fall thereof. For the kingdom of the devil must shake. And they which belong to it must needs be stirred up unto repentance, or the devil will grasp them with his everlasting chains, and they be stirred up to anger and perish. For behold, at that day shall he rage in the hearts of the children of men, and stir them up to anger against that which is good. And others will he pacify, and lull them away into carnal security, that they will say, All is well in Zion, yea, Zion prospereth, all is well. And thus the devil cheateth their souls, and leadeth them away carefully down to hell. And behold, others he flattereth away, and telleth them there is no hell. And he saith unto them, I am no devil, for there is none. And thus he whispereth in their ears, until he grasps them with his awful chains, from whence there is no deliverance. Yea, they are grasped with death and hell, and death and hell and the devil and all that have been seized therewith must stand before the throne of God and be judged according to their works, from whence they must go into the place prepared for them, even a lake of fire and brimstone, which is endless torment. Therefore, woe be unto him that is at ease in Zion. Woe be unto him that crieth, All is well. Yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, and denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yea, woe be unto him that saith, We have received, and we need no more. And in fine, woe unto all they that tremble and are angry because of the truth of God. For behold, he that is built upon the rock receiveth it with gladness, and he that is built upon a sandy foundation trembleth, lest he shall fall. Woe be unto him that shall say, We have received the word of God, and we need no more of the word of God, for we have enough. For behold, thus saith the Lord God, I will give unto the children of men, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, and blessed are they that hearken unto my precepts, and lend an ear unto my counsel, for they shall learn wisdom. For unto him that receiveth I will give more, and them that shall say we have enough, from them shall be taken away even that which they have." Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. Woe be unto the Gentiles, saith the Lord God of hosts, for notwithstanding I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day, they will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, if they will repent, and come unto me. For mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. But behold, there shall be many at that day, when I shall proceed to do a marvelous work among them, that I may remember my covenants which I have made unto the children of men, that I may set my hand again the second time to recover my people which are of the house of Israel. And also that I may remember the promise which I have made unto thee, Nephi, and also unto thy father, that I would remember your seed, and that the words of your seed should proceed forth out of my mouth unto your seed. And my words shall hiss forth unto the ends of the earth for a standard unto my people, which are of the house of Israel. And because my words shall hiss forth, many of the Gentiles shall say, A Bible, a Bible, we have got a Bible, and there cannot be any more Bible. But thus saith the Lord God. O fools, they shall have a Bible, and it shall proceed forth from the Jews, mine ancient covenant people, and what thank they the Jews for the Bible which they receive from them? Yea, what do the Gentiles mean? Do they remember the travails, and the labors, and the pains of the Jews, and their diligence unto me, and bringing forth salvation unto the Gentiles? O ye Gentiles, have ye remembered the Jews, mine ancient covenant people? Nay, but ye have cursed them and have hated them, and have not sought to recover them. But behold, I will return all these things upon your own heads, for I the Lord hath not forgotten my people. Thou fool that say a Bible, we have got a Bible, and we need no more Bible. Have ye obtained a Bible, save it were, by the Jews? Know ye not that there are more nations than one? Know ye not that I, the Lord your God, have created all men, and that I remember they which are upon the isles of the sea, and that I rule in the heavens above and in the earth beneath, and I bring forth my word unto the children of men, yea, even upon all the nations of the earth? Wherefore murmur ye, because that ye shall receive more of my word? Know ye not that the testimony of two nations is a witness unto you that I am God, that I remember one nation like unto another? Wherefore I speak the same words unto one nation like unto another. And when the two nations shall run together, the testimony of the two nations shall run together also. And I do this that I may prove unto many that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that I speak forth my words according to mine own pleasure. And because that I have spoken one word, ye need not suppose that I cannot speak another, for my work is not yet finished, neither shall it be until the end of man." neither from that time henceforth and forever. Wherefore, because that ye have a Bible, ye need not suppose that it contains all my words, neither need ye suppose that I have not caused more to be written. For I command all men, both in the east and in the west and in the north and in the south and in the islands of the sea, that they shall write the words which I speak unto them. For out of the books which shall be written, I will judge the world." every man according to his works, according to that which is written. For behold, I shall speak unto the Jews, and they shall write it. And I shall also speak unto the Nephites, and they shall write it. And I shall also speak unto the other tribes of the house of Israel, which I have led away, and they shall write it. And I shall also speak unto all the nations of the earth, and they shall write it. And it shall come to pass that the Jews shall have the words of the Nephites, and the Nephites shall have the words of the Jews. And the Nephites and the Jews shall have the words of the lost tribes of Israel, and the lost tribes of Israel shall have the words of the Nephites and the Jews. And it shall come to pass that my people, which are of the house of Israel— shall be gathered home unto the lands of their possessions, and my word also shall be gathered in one. And I will show unto them that fight against my word and against my people which are of the house of Israel, that I am God, and that I covenanted with Abraham, that I would remember his seed for ever. And now, behold, my beloved brethren, I would speak unto you, for I, Nephi, would not suffer that ye should suppose that ye are more righteous than the Gentiles shall be. For behold, except ye shall keep the commandments of God, ye shall all likewise perish. And because of the words which have been spoken, ye need not suppose that the Gentiles are utterly destroyed. For behold, I say unto you, as many of the Gentiles as will repent are the covenant people of the Lord, and as many of the Jews as will not repent shall be cast off. For the Lord covenanteth with none, save it be with them that repent and believe in his Son, which is the Holy One of Israel. And now I would prophesy somewhat more concerning the Jews and the Gentiles. For after the book of which I have spoken shall come forth and be written unto the Gentiles and sealed up again unto the Lord, there shall be many which shall believe the words which are written, and they shall carry them forth unto the remnant of our seed. And then shall the remnant of our seed know concerning us how that we came out from Jerusalem, and that they are a descendant of the Jews. And the gospel of Jesus Christ shall be declared among them, wherefore they shall be restored unto the knowledge of their fathers, and also to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, which was had among their fathers." And then shall they rejoice, for they shall know that it is a blessing unto them from the hand of God, and their scales of darkness shall begin to fall from their eyes, and many generations shall not pass away among them, save they shall be a white and a delightsome people. And it shall come to pass that the Jews which are scattered also shall begin to believe in Christ, and they shall begin to gather in upon the face of the land. And as many as shall believe in Christ shall also become a delightsome people. And it shall come to pass that the Lord God shall commence his work among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people to bring about the restoration of his people upon the earth. And with righteousness shall the Lord God judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. For the time speedily cometh, that the Lord God shall cause a great division among the people, and the wicked will he destroy, and he will spare his people. Yea, even if it so be that he must destroy the wicked by fire, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. And then shall the wolf dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den." They shall not hurt nor destroy in all My holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Wherefore the things of all nations shall be made known, yea, all things shall be made known unto the children of men. There is nothing which is secret, save it shall be revealed. There is no work of darkness, save it shall be made manifest in the light, and there is nothing which is sealed upon the earth, save it shall be loosed. Wherefore, all things which have been revealed unto the children of men shall at that day be revealed, and Satan shall have power over the hearts of the children of men no more for a long time. And now, my beloved brethren, I must make an end of my sayings. Come unto me,
1: all ye that labor. Oh uh-huh. I'll find rest unto
0: your soul. Chapter 12. This chapter is going to have a lot of cross references. Um, so be um, th- that'll be the theme, I think and we're gonna I'm gonna give you several to write down. Let's begin with my comments and, and what verses I enjoyed what verses I thought were worth highlighting or making notes in the margins on. That's what we do each time. So we'll start with verses 3, 4, and 5. For it shall come to pass in that day that the churches which are built up and not unto the Lord, when the one shall say unto the other, Behold, I, I am the Lord's, and the other shall say, I, I am the Lord's. And thus shall everyone say that hath built up churches and not unto the Lord, and they shall contend one with another, and their priests shall contend one with another, and they shall teach with their learning and deny the Holy Ghost, which giveth utterance. so we're reading here about churches that are all claiming to be the one, and it just they can't all be correct, right so. It's going to be prolific. It's going to be everywhere. That everyone's going to be claiming to be the one. And the truth of it is that all of them deny the Holy Ghost. And there's a, a modern phenomenon taking place here that's it's being described, and it, and it is absolutely describing our time. The word theology. It's the the definition. Listen, I'm going to just give you the definition. Religious beliefs and theory when systematically developed. Okay, so there's a system of theologians to come together and, and declare beliefs and theory, and the, it's and it's this system of de- and declaring it. So if they it, it just fits with this scripture so well, the theology of man, the way man is going to describe and um, declare its philosophies and theologies of religion. You know, it's just exactly what is described here each one is going to say well i can prove that this way is correct well i can prove that this way is correct and they they're going to be contending with each other and that's kind of what happened during the reformation and in the the era when joseph smith when the when the restoration took place and there's there was a lot of um uh, dissension between the, the, the beliefs and religious freedom. And, and so the the turmoil of that era and, and, and time period, when everyone was declaring that we we were the ones that are, are of the Lord, well, that is the foundation of it. And then it builds up into our time, you know, 200 years later. And we're looking at churches that are built up to get gain that, and, and part of their um, ideals and beliefs are just to declare God is dead kind of thing. And, it, and their their source of their religious beliefs is from a theology and it's a systematically developed theory and so they've taken the Holy Ghost out of it and that's a long-winded answer for those three verses I want to turn to Galatians Galatians 112 Galatians chapter 1 verse 12. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so I have that reference, and below it, page 153. So you'll know to look in your Book of Mormon on page 153 and have a good cross-reference. And then I have Galatians 1.12 there. You get this modern-day religious beliefs that are built up onto their own theologies, or, or based on their own theologies, and they deny the Holy Ghost, which giveth utterance. Moving on. Verses 7 and 8 builds upon this same idea. For behold, there is no God today. For the Lord and the Redeemer hath done His work, and He hath given His power unto men. Behold, hearken ye unto my precept. If they shall say there is a miracle wrought by the hand of the Lord, believe it not. For this day He is not a God of miracles. He hath done His work. So this idea there's a name for it. It's a uh, Epicurean ideals, and this was taught in 300 BC, a long time ago. This isn't, uh, or is it 380? I was right the first time. 307 BC is when this guy was around, and he came up with this this idea, this theology again, that it was like a pursuit of happiness type of Epicureanism. If I was, I'm gonna try to. Uh, define it for you. So you're pursuing personal happiness and you are denying God and you are denying politics. You are denying any, anything that's too exaggerated or extravagant. You want to uh, live a Spartan lifestyle. Well, that's a bad metaphor because they were, he was an Athenian, but you're, you're taking this lifestyle that is toned down, you know, simple life. And it's kind of, we're, we're coming back to that now, right? Everybody's kind of, uh, what's the term for, I can't think of the term for it, but when you, when you're going off grid and you just want to downsize and just have a small house that's easier to keep up. And if you, and like that is the way to happiness and it's Epicureanism in its base form and it's based on hedonism, Uh, uh, one's own desires come first. And this is the way to happiness to deny that there is a God. Don't allow yourself extravagant lusts to be content with peaceful and base things. You know that is that is exactly what they're teaching here in verses seven and eight. What they're describing it is a pursuit of personal happiness and joy, and that was what comes first. That you are looking out for yourself, number one, looking out for number one, right, yourself, and you're trying to gain your own happiness and and to alleviate any pain in your life. And the way to do that is to do this and this and this and this. And there are these epic it's Epicureanism, Epicurean ideals, and that is what is described in verses seven and eight. And that is again our day and time i'm going to turn to third nephi chapter 13 verse 59 yea woe unto him that shall deny the revelations of the lord and that shall say the lord no longer worketh by revelation or by prophecy or by gifts or by tongues or by healings or by the power of the holy ghost so there's a woe pronounced on, on people with these ideals that God is dead, we're, that he doesn't perform miracles anymore, and you have to find your happiness and you can be happy if you deny God and, and just live a base lifestyle and not live too extravagantly. That is the ideal. That is the way that is being taught. That is the way that's being uh, uh propagated everywhere. I mean, my my wife is throwing out all kinds of junk out of our house, and I think maybe it has something to do with this, you know, live a base lifestyle, get away rid of all the extravagancies and and clutter that clutter up your mind and your life, and instead live live in a base way, or and I'm not saying that getting rid of those things is bad, but I'm saying that it's born out of. It, it's possibly born out of this idea that this is the way to happiness is to not have lofty goals and dreams and find it. That's not bad, not right, either. But to find a lower level of happiness and be content with where you're at and take God out of the equation and look only for your own personal happiness and not for any anybody else. So. I don't know. It's, there's a, a huge mo- uh, movement and a lot of momentum for these Epicurean ideals right now. And I think you see it everywhere. I'm going to move on to verse 9. Yea, and there shall be many which shall say, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, and it shall be well with us. The idea that let's just live hedonistic lifestyles, you know, That when this life is over, that's all there is. And so we should enjoy the life we have that we've been given not be given, you don't believe it's been given, but that you have and live it for happiness and pursue happiness, eat, drink, and be merry. And that is the only goal. That is pure hedonism. That is pure selfishness. And that is not the way to happiness, the way uh, God describes it. And that is certainly not the way to get to heaven. You do not put yourself above your others. You prefer your brother, right? So these ideals are, are exactly that they're being taught here in the Book of Mormon saying, this is the way it's gonna be someday. It's happening all around us. We see it all around us, um, and so there's another idea here: Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, and it shall be well with us. There is a point. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. I have nine all the way through, through uh, 19, underlined, and they all have to do with this idea of um, a little sin is okay or just pursue happiness and God is a merciful God. And so I'm going to reference a couple scriptures here along the way. Um, I'm, but the, but I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to jump down to 13. Uh, yea, They have all gone out of the way. They have become corrupted. So it's referencing all of these different places. And then verse 18. Uh, oh, the wise and the learned and the rich that are puffed up in the pride of their hearts and all they that preach false doctrines and all they that commit whoredoms and pervert the right way of the Lord Woe, 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 be unto them, saith the Lord God Almighty, for they shall be thrust down to hell. These are the ideas that we're contending with. In verse 10, it says, you'll be, uh, uh, you know, take advantage of the neighbor, dig a pit for the neighbor. There is no harm in this. And there's the ideas where you'll just be, God will just beat us with a few stripes and we'll be okay. I'm going to turn to James chapter two, James chapter two, verse 10. And it says, my bookmark's covering, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. So this is God's verse, you know, God's uh, uh, scriptures are saying, you cannot live this way. You cannot do a little bit of sin because if you do even a little bit of sin, you are guilty of all. So that verse should be right down there next to verse 10, next to this section, this reading. In First Nephi 3, 35, we've already read this, it uh, says, no unclean thing can dwell with God. And so if we're a little bit sinful or if we do a few things wrong and God will beat us with a few stripes, this kind of attitude, you, you cannot be with God. That There's other verses that say, that declare this to be wrong. And these are the verses that are saying in the last days, this is what you're going to be coming up against. This is what's going to be existing. And Verse 13 says, they've all gone out of the way and been corrupted. So these churches of the last days, when when people say, you know, I don't have the Church of Christ around, but I'm going to go to this church or I go to this one. I really enjoy their services and they have, you know, they're designed to be enjoyable. They are absolutely designed to, to provide what you want out of your church services. There's a theology to it. There is a what, what's the word I used uh, a systematically developed purpose to what they're doing and they're all uh, out to get gain and money or, or maybe the gain is is pride and and, and the the idea of, <clears throat> bringing joy to other people's lives or satisfaction to other people's lives. You know, there's there's good people out there who are providing a good service and doing good and are ministers of other churches, right? We, we, we keep seeing this, all the good that they do. They're a false church that is keeping people contented and happy, and they're, and they're not providing the truth of the gospel. So how is that good? You know, there, it isn't okay to go to those other churches. It isn't okay to attend them because they make you feel better because you don't have a place to go to. Well, I like what they have. Well, that's exactly what the devil wants. That's exactly what they're doing. And they have a system to provide the need that you are looking for to fulfill your desires. And they fulfill a scriptural, spiritual, uh, not a scriptural, but a spiritual desire to be close with, uh, uh, an idea of God, but that is not the God uh, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is not God as we know. That is not the God of the church of Christ, right? So it's dangerous to to pursue that. This this beginning of this chapter is pointing out all the things that are wrong with the churches of this day. So don't go to them. There is a right way. There is a true church, and and you're, the church of Christ is it. And so, this is the the Book of Mormon shows us what we need to be careful of, and what we need to be watching for. Um, let's go to verse sixteen. Um, the, let's see. I'm going to jump right into the middle of a thought. It really continue. It starts at fourteen, talking about these false teachers. But uh, I'm going to go to the second half of it, is what I have highlighted. They have all gone astray, save it be a few, which are the humble followers of Christ these are all the people of the of the world in the last days. They have all gone astray except for the humble followers of Christ. Th- those are the people hope, hopefully they recognize it. I think some of the humble followers of Christ are also fall victim to this same uh tactic. So uh, be aware, be um, careful and remember verse 17 I'm going to highlight. Uh, I'll just read the whole verse. Nevertheless, they are led that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. All these churches are taught by the precepts of men and not uh, God, not the workings of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, there's a verse in Isaiah that says, uh, Woe to them who call evil good and good evil. And this is the Book of Mormon equivalent, uh, and I like it. Uh, Woe unto them that turn aside the just for a thing of naught, and revile against that which is good, and say that it is of no worth. Um, We're talking about our day and time. and In that instance, I think we're talking about uh, the Spirit of God, or the miracles of God, or the things that are... um, godlike in nature, and they, they deny the power thereof, right? They they say that God does not do those things these days. Let's turn to verse twenty two. But behold that great and abominable church, the whore of all the earth, must tumble to the earth, and great must be the fall thereof, for the kingdom of the devil must shake, and they which belong to it must needs be stirred up unto repentance. There's more to read in that section, but I like that part of it. We always hear about Babylon, the great is going to fall, come out of Babylon, and there's all these warnings of destruction and and, and terrible things that are coming. And we know when you read the book of Revelations, I really don't like that book. All it talks about is everything that is bad that is going to happen to the world, and it's, it's scary, and it fills people with paranoia. The reason for all of that bad happening It's verse 23. Why is this going to happen? So that the people will be stirred up unto repentance. There is a purpose for it. There is a reason God has for it because he wants to save as many souls as he can. And some people have to be shaken out of this this uh, uh, lifestyle, this corruption, this church, which is destroying people's lives. You know, he's not going to stand by idly. He's going to destroy it because he wants to save lives. There's a verse uh, we just covered in chapter 11, verse 96. And and why is he doing all this? Why did he sacrifice himself? Anything that Christ does, it's for the benefit of the whole world and this is why Babylon has to fall. This is the purpose of Jesus Christ. All of these bad things have to happen because it is it is the last effort of God of Christ to 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 bring about repentance on the world before the end comes. And that that is the purpose. He comes with a sword and he has to strike down this deceiver. And, and bind him away for, for a thousand, you know, we say a thousand years. In the Book of Mormon, it says, I thing it says a long time. And the purpose of it is to, is to take that temptation away and educate people on what uh, 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 the Church of Christ is, who Christ was, and who he is when he comes back, and what God wants from his people. There is a purpose to all that scary stuff. And he does it because he loves the world. Um, So in verse 22, it starts and it goes on through 27 and I have all kinds of verses uh, underlined here. Um, I'm just going to hit the underlined parts. Uh, The devil will grasp them with his everlasting chains and they be stirred up to anger and perish. Um, He shall rage in the hearts of the children of men and stir them up to anger against that which is good And others will he pacify. They're talking about the devil. Um, And others will he pacify and lull them away into carnal security, that they will say, all is well in Zion, yea, Zion prospereth, all is well. Uh, Verse 27, and behold, others he flattereth away and telleth them, there is no hell. All of those things we've described comes back to that Epicureanism idea or the idea that uh, hedonism and, and thinking of yourself first and so, you're, it's people who who seek happiness and their own personal happiness, and they're they're uh, scared of pain, and so they go through life hoping not to be hurt. and And this is this is not the way God uh, uh, designed us. Uh, it's it's not good for you, and it's not going to bring you to salvation. And so these are the tactics of the devil. He rages in the hearts of men and brings them up to anger. And some he lulls away saying, you're okay. And some he says, well, God is dead. There's nothing to worry about. There is no hell. All of these things are his uh, tactics at the last days. And that is the church. That whole, all of it, all of that, I think, is the church that is that great and abominable church. Um, There's other other definitions of great and abominable church that I agree with as well, uh, but the, I think it encapsulates all of the the devil's tactics. Um, we'll move on. I, I don't want to. I kind of got off subject there a little bit, but let's go to verse twenty nine. Uh, it says we're judged according to their works. Um, that's it. we're gonna. There's a lot on that topic. We're gonna hit later. But that's the beginning of it verse thirty one again, uh, woe be un- woe be unto him that crieth all as well. yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men and denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yea, woe be unto him that saith we have received, and we need no more these these um superficial churches is what we're talking about here if if you believe you know that you deserve to be blessed with money and riches and and the good things of life because you live a good life. I'm sure the devil will give that to you. I'm sure he can provide that if he sees that it's going to work, that you will become victim to that tactic. And there is a lot of evidence to show that, that he will provide those good things. If you have this superficial religious um, lifestyle, verses 35 through 38. This is really interesting. i um, talking about, well, I'll just read it. Woe be unto him that shall say, we have received the word of God, and we need no more of the word of God, for we have enough. And then we, I'm just jump right to verse 45. to So you know exactly what we're talking about here. And because my words shall hiss forth, many of the Gentiles shall say a Bible, a Bible, we have got a Bible, and there cannot be any more Bible. So we're talking about holy scriptures to come. If they're were, we're talking about the Book of Mormon, if the Book of Mormon comes out, they're going to reject it because they're going to say we have a Bible. We don't need any more scriptures. Uh, back to verse 36. For behold, thus saith the Lord God, I will give unto the children of men line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. And blessed are they that hearken unto my precepts and lend an ear unto my counsel, for they shall learn wisdom. For unto him that receiveth, I will give more and them that shall say, we have enough from them shall be taken away, even that which they have. So if you're going to have a church that denies the Book of Mormon, what is the what are these verses saying about your church? Right? If you're attending a church that denies the Book of Mormon, you are, you are according to the end of 38, God has taken away from you what you had until you, you're going to have nothing. You're going to be one of these superficial churches. And so, if the the truth that's the truth that's the that's the truth of the scriptures here being laid out for you, these other churches, when you say, "Well, it's good that I attend this one because I can't get to the Church of Christ," you know, be very careful about that. You are you are being pulled into a society that is is uh, engulfed and, and they're they're wrapped up in these uh, tactics of the devil that are going to be prevalent in the last days. And the the words of this v- verse in the Book of Mormon says he will take away from them what they have. And, I, and I'm I'm applying the idea that in verse 45 they're talking about a Bible. I'm applying that now in verse 35 through 38. Anybody who's going to deny extra scriptures from God and you're going to go to a church that doesn't preach with the Book of Mormon, You, you know, open your eyes and realize what you, where you are at, where you're sitting. And do you really belong there? Let's jump to verse 41. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, if they will repent and come unto me. For mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. You know, he's talking to the Gentiles here. He will never stop doing what is good for the world, because he wants to reclaim all of us, everyone. And so his arm is always lengthened out, waiting for you to repent and come to your senses. Okay, verse 42 through 44. But behold, there shall be many at that day, when I shall proceed to do a marvelous work among them, that I may remember my covenants, which I have made unto the children of men, that I may set my hand again the second time to recover my people which are of the house of Israel, and also that I may remember the promises which I have made unto thee, Nephi, and also unto thy father, that I would remember your seed, and that the words of your seed should proceed forth out of my mouth unto your seed, and my words shall hiss forth unto the ends of the earth for a standard unto my people which are of the house of Israel. It's interesting to note the very next verse is the Bible Bible we have got a Bible uh, so we're, we're here's Nephi writing down this promise and he's saying thousands of years later we're holding it and reading the very promise being fulfilled right verse 43 we are holding it in our hands and so he's remembering the promise that the words uh, will proceed forth unto unto his seed. And so we brought the Book of Mormon back to the the Lamanite people, and we're still doing that. But down in Mexico, it is flourishing. We have an apostle who is, uh, uh, I would call him a Lamanite, (laughs) but uh, uh, he's a child of God. There are no Lamanites anymore, but he was descendant of of the the Lamanites, I guess, the Mayan people. Um, I'm going to turn to page 133, and there's a cross-reference. And here's verse 125 and 126. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. So there's a cross-reference going back and forth to both places, talking about this this promise and this Book of Mormon coming out. And in both places, you know, the Gentiles have the Bible, but then they have this other standard, this other uh, section in verse 44, uh, it'll go to the, his forth unto the ends of the earth for a standard unto my people, which are of the house of Israel. It's talking about this book of Mormon is a standard for all of Israel and for all the Gentiles and for anyone who wants to, to come to Christ. And if you deny it by saying a Bible, a Bible, we've got a Bible, there cannot be any more Bible. Like it says in 40, 45, you are, you know, I mean, you lose, man, you, you're, you're not going to, you, you don't get it. Uh, And again, in 1 Nephi 3, verse 175, it confirms the same thing, that there's going to be a Bible coming forth and the Gentiles will have it. I'm going to skip forward. We have verse 53 all the way to 73. 20 verses here. And it's all kind of along the same topic. I'm not going to read it all. I will point out, though, Verse 66, for out of the books which shall be written, I will judge the world. Every man according to his works, according to that which is written. And there are plenty of places in the Bible and the Book of Mormon that say you're judged by your works. And I'm going to dive into that a little bit deeper. So you got James, I'm going to hit him real, real quick. All these references, if you don't have them, First Peter one seventeen, Ephesians 2.10. James 2, 14 through 20, Matthew 16, verse 27, uh, page 111 of the Book of Mormon. There's plenty of places that say you're judged according to your works. I've already referenced one earlier in chapter 12. But here's the the way I look at it. Um, It also tells us, if you keep studying this, that the apostles are going to judge the people in Jerusalem and the disciples are going to judge the people on this land uh, for what it's worth but they are given judgment they are given the right to judge and are are we the question is are we given the right to judge we can judge people's actions but we cannot really judge people's works it's not up to us to judge other people's works or if we do there's a uh, verse that says with what judgment you judge we shall be judged you have to be careful right we shouldn't be judging people's works. People's works are for them to judge themselves and it's a barometer of your, your, this is how I look at it is how it was explained to me that your works are the way for you to know where you stand with God. Are you apt to do good works? Are you putting yourself out there for God? And Whether it's out of duty or out of, uh, you know, um, you know sometimes i get up and i and i do sunday school and i get to church and i and i you know i perform my responsibilities because i was elected to this office which in the moment i really wish i didn't have to do that right now but i do it and i'm not always in the best attitude right so there's verses that say hey that counts for you nothing and i totally disagree with that <laughs> i think if you got up and did it that counts as your works. You That is your barometer of how you are doing, right? You got up and you did it and it is good and you did something good and you're gonna realize afterwards that it was worth doing and you, you're, you didn't let anybody down. It's part of having character. And so there's a measure of your character, but it's also a measure of your willingness to serve God and to do good works. Whether it's, you know, even if nobody knows, right? There's all kinds of... Silly, uh, the measure of a man is when nobody's looking if he does the right things, right? Uh, uh, Little posters of, of, I can't think of any of them. They always have a lighthouse on it. It, All kinds of these inspirational things, pictures with, uh, you know, a quote of some kind. But really, the the truth is your works are for you to decide, to, to understand if you are doing, and you know whether or not your works are good or whether your works are evil. And you have to come to terms with what you're doing in your life. What are you doing? What time have you spent? And how have you served God today? I'm going to skip to verse 77. For behold, I say unto you, as many of the Gentiles as will repent are the covenant people of the Lord, and as many of the Jews as will not repent shall be cast off. For the Lord covenanteth with none, save it be with them that repent and believe in his Son, which is the Holy One of Israel. So the whole idea of the chosen people, the, the Jewish people, it, it is true and he has made covenants, but that goes out the door. That's gone now. His people are anybody who believes and repents. And that's why he's coming to the whole world. And that is why the the purpose of the second coming and to gather his people in from the four corners of the earth, it's for the whole world, right? And so this is the new covenant people is the people who are going to take on the name of Christ. It's not just limited to the Jews or the people of Israel or the 10 tribes. It is anybody who will take upon them the name of Christ. Let's go to verse 84 and 85. Actually, just 84. There's separate thoughts. So uh, verse 84, And the, their scales of darkness shall begin to fall from their eyes, and many generations shall not pass away among them, save they shall be a white and delightsome people. This is a modern-day prophecy about the Latin American people that are going to live righteously and, and come to, to Christ, and the, the curse of uh, a skin of darkness will be, will begin to... Uh, be removed from them and there's examples of that in third Nephi where the the lamanites who converted and called themselves nephites began to have white and delightsome uh skin again uh it sounds like a really racist thought nowadays you know it's not politically correct it is scripturally correct this is what god has declared this is this is not my words this is the book of mormon here um, verse eighty-five, and it shall come to pass that the Jews which are scattered also shall begin to believe in Christ, and they shall begin to gather in upon the face of the land. These are the things we're looking for. These are prophecies we can see, and we can, when we recognize it, we'll know that this is happening. Um, hopefully, we'll recognize it. We'll begin to see these things happening, and then verse ninety. For the time speedily cometh that the Lord God shall cause a great division among the people, and the wicked will he destroy. And he will spare his people, yea, even if it be, so be that he must destroy the wicked by fire. This, these are the events leading up to this great and division that is going to take place. That references a bunch of Isaiah stuff, like and it really you, you cannot mistake the idea of the millennial reign that is about to happen. So it describes all these events, all these things to the a few things to look for. And I highlighted those things that I'm going to be looking for. When I see this happen, I know that the 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 day that is the day of great division is coming. When I see these things happening, and so the the idea of the the millennial reign happens. There's a lot of verses quoting Isaiah. We get uh, that th- those thoughts, um, those scriptures, and then verse ninety seven and ninety eight. There is nothing which is secret save it shall be revealed. There is no work of darkness, save it shall be made manifest in the light. And there is nothing which is sealed upon the earth, save it shall be loosed. Wherefore, all things which have been revealed unto the children of men shall at that day be revealed. This whole idea about the sealed Book of Mormon, right? We just had a timeline, the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon, of all all the things that are going to happen, and then we get to the end after... After the big division and and of uh, people and th- even if the wicked are destroyed by fire, it uh, and then the the reign of, of the cow and the bear shall feed and their young shall lie down one together and the sucking child shall play on the hole of the ass. Then that happens and then there is nothing which is secret. So what time frame is the sealed Book of Mormon supposed to come? Part of the Book of Mormon supposed to come out? It, it's in, encapsulated and it's in scriptures all at the same point with the, the second coming of Christ, with the millennial reign, with all things being made, uh, uh, revealed ever from the beginning of time, right? And then there's this part about the, the, the millennial reign where the animals' natures have changed. And then you get this verse 99, and it says, Satan shall have no... Uh, power over the hearts of the children of men no more for a long time, and I like that it says for a long time instead of giving us an, ex- an exact uh, time frame like it says in other places. And so, those are the verses I have highlighted, and the the uh, thoughts that I wanted to present to you. They are my thoughts; they're not necessarily the thoughts of everyone in the Church of Christ, but these are worth uh, looking into and highlighting and studying on your own.
1: For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden.